This is a Federal News Network podcast. The fact that the government spends more on services than it does on stuff isn't exactly new. But even within that services portfolio, federal contracts are increasingly consolidated within a relative handful of market segments. According to a new analysis by Bloomberg Government, about a quarter of all federal contract spending goes toward just six categories. AI, cloud computing, and operations and logistics lead the pack. Larry Allen is president of Allen Federal Business Partners, and he joins us now, as he often does, to discuss federal market trends and Larry, let's start with that that BGov analysis. I, I, I guess it's not just our imaginations. There really is a lot of money in AI, cloud, digital services, and a few other areas. They're not just buzzwords. What what jumped out at you most about this BGov analysis? Jared, probably the biggest thing that jumped out about this Bloomberg analysis was uh, talking about customer experience. You know, we've written a lot about it. You've seen some in the trade press about emphasis on customer experience, and here it is backing it up with actual money going to it. This is part of one of the top six areas that Bloomberg government said can control as much as 25% of federal spending. So that really puts customer experience right up there on the same level with AI, cloud, and some of the other more established priorities we know about. That provides contractors with another conversation they can have with their customers or would-be customers. It also tells them, look, we need to be expanding our portfolio and expressing our solutions in terms of these types of missions agencies want to meet. And as far as getting that work, would you envision that CX stuff in particular getting folded into some of the, the, the usual contracts that things like cloud and AI are already on? I absolutely would expect to see, Jared, You would find CX solutions from things like uh, GSA's Alliant program, probably near the top of the list. Uh, Also from GSA schedules. Some of the other standing IDIQ contracts that allow for services. So we have an NIH contract that has IT solutions on it. That would be a a possible vehicle. Uh, There are also ones in some of the military branches. I don't know that we need brand new CX focused government acquisition vehicles, but I can guarantee you the conversation about that is already taking place inside certain federal agencies. But for right now, Jared, what it really means is if you're a contractor that would like to provide CX solutions, it's just one more reason why having one of the established well-known indefinite delivery, indefinite quantity contracts is an important part of your government business. And and besides this work going largely to established contracts, as you point out in your newsletter, Bloomberg is also explicitly predicting that a lot of this work is going to go toward more established contractors. Is that just an artifact of the continued trend toward contract consolidation? Jared, I think it's two things. One is uh, contract consolidation. Uh, Fewer contractors, more established contractors getting the work. You know, the Bloomberg article talked about getting rid of uh, a number of contractors are leaving the the government market. Uh, The other thing that I think we're seeing here is trust. You know, we know that the government writ large is kind of a risk averse customer. Customer experience spending is a new area for many agencies. It's an area where they're going to want to have an established, trusted partner work with them 
on something new. Very few agencies, in my experience, are going to want to have a new uh, a new priority with a set of new providers. That's just too much new for them, potentially too much risk. That gives a leg up, I think, to established companies. And along the same lines, you're also pointing out in the newsletter this week, GAO uh, recommendations in, in part as part of their annual report that OMB press agencies more toward category management and best in class contracts. And as you highlight, there's a tension there between existing OMB guidance that that says, you know, you got to balance these best in class contracts with the need to bring on new market entrants. How, how does that tension get resolved to the extent there is a tension? Well, I do think there is tension, Jared, and the tension relies, ironically, in this case, primarily inside the Office of Management and Budget. You have one part of OMB that has historically promoted category management, a key component of which is best-in-class contracting. And now you have another part of the Office of Management and Budget saying, wait, we want to make sure that we are diversifying our supplier base, not necessarily looking only at best-in-class contracts, but looking at uh, other suppliers that are newer to the market, particularly socioeconomically disadvantaged businesses. Uh, that to me, Jared, though, doesn't have to be a dichotomy. I think that there are ways to achieve both. Uh, that's looking for ways to ensure that these socioeconomic class uh, contractors, uh, particularly newer market entries, have a path to participate on some of the best in class vehicles that we have out there, the ones that are coming up for a recompete, maybe some have an on-ramp. So uh, looking for ways to team up those companies with more established contractors that have the specific experience, uh, looking for ways to uh, encourage those contractors to team together uh, with themselves and with each other to pool their experience as a way to get on uh, some of these best-in-class contracts. I think we can expect to see OMB work with agencies to use these best-in-class contracts as a vehicle for increased small and small disadvantaged business participation so they can meet the GAO recommendation and also the administration priority of making more use of those companies. And I guess another avenue would be outside of not just established multiple award contracts, but outside the traditional acquisition system, using things like OTAs and commercial solutions openings, which are kind of, it seems like, trying to, uh, creeping their way more into the civilian side of government after really taking off on the defense side. How, how much, how big a role could alternative approaches like that play in, in bringing some of these new entrants on board and, and avoiding the whole contract consolidation conundrum? Jared, I think that these non-traditional acquisition methods are going to play a much larger role. And it's not just OTAs, other transaction authority, that we've heard a lot about. And may, many people may already be looking at OTAs as a way to approach their government business. That makes a lot of sense. It's not FAR-based. So on the face of it, there are fewer rules and regulations that these new market entries have to deal with. But we've been hearing about uh, commercial solutions openings 
for, oh, at least a half a dozen years now, which is kind of the commercial, um, I wouldn't say alternative, maybe stablemate is a good word, uh, to uh, other transaction authority. But up until now, we really haven't seen CSOs getting a lot of press. There certainly have been one-off commercial solutions opening projects at GSA or DHS, two agencies that make a lot of use of this type of vehicle. But now GSA itself was in headlines last week saying, we're going to use CSO authority to uh, bring DOD prototypes onto our contracts as a way to speed up research and development and get promising technologies into current production. That's a, a new way to use an established, but not often heard of program, the commercial solutions opening. And again, it's one that sets itself up very nicely for new market entrants. All right, Larry Allen, president of Allen Federal Business Partners. Thanks as always, Larry. Jared, thank you very much. And I wish your listeners happy selling. As prices keep creeping up, your entertainment budget doesn't have to take a hit. Live One Plus has all the music you love, ad-free for only $3.99 per month. Dive into Live One's massive library of songs, listen to curated playlists, or create your own. Check out exclusive artist-hosted stations and do it all for the best price in streaming. Lock in a Live One Plus membership for just $3.99 per month now, and you'll not only beat inflation, you'll get all your favorite music ad-free. Check out liveone.com slash best music for details. <coughs> Cough and cold season is here. Introducing Ricola Max Throat Care, Ricola's most powerful drop yet. It's the best of Swiss nature wrapped around a powerful liquid menthol center for maximum relief from your worst cough and sore throat. Maximum nature for maximum relief. Try the new Ricola Max now, available in the cold and cough aisle. It's in our nature.